This week, Pixis, 24-Hour Fitness, and eight others file for Chapter 11. And Judge Montali finds the PG&E plan complies with the bankruptcy code. More on all this and, as always, updates from Puerto Rico. Welcome to the Week in Reorg. Hello, and welcome to the Reorg podcast, where we bring you the latest top developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm Connor Skelving. And I'm Raksha Manjanath. Instead of your regular deep dive today, we'll take you through many of last week's new Chapter 11 filings. It's Sunday, June 21st. Pixis International, Inc., a Morrisville, North Carolina-based tobacco grower, and several of its affiliates filed, quote, straddle prepackaged Chapter 11 cases in Delaware on Monday, reporting about $1.5 billion in funded debt. The filing includes only Pixis's U.S.-based subsidiaries. According to the declaration of CFO Joel Thomas, the company's filing was due to a liquidity crisis caused by a, quote, perfect storm. March and April 2020 revenue fell sharply due to COVID-19 lockdowns, just as its foreign credit lines were maturing. Under the proposed plan, firstly, note claims would be either converted into $281 million of new secured notes with a four-year maturity or paid in full in cash if the debtors can secure a third-party refinancing. Secondly, note holders would receive either a share of approximately 50.1% of the new common stock to be issued by a reorganized PIXIS on the effective date of the plant, subject to dilution, or cash equal to 2% of their claims. Secondly, note holders also receive the opportunity to participate in a $207 million priming dip facility that would convert into an exit term facility upon emergence. The dip would be used to, among other things, satisfy the $45 million outstanding under the debtor's pre-petition ABL facility. The ad hoc crossholder group would provide 12.5% of the dip, with the remainder open to participation by eligible second lien holders. Dip lenders would also receive approximately 44% of additional reorganized equity, leaving the second lien note holders with ownership of most of the reorganized company. Extraction Oil and Gas, a Denver-based ENP focused on the DJ Basin of Colorado, and several affiliates filed for Chapter 11 in Delaware last Sunday, with $1.7 billion in funded debt. The company attributes the bankruptcy filing to a liquidity shortfall at the end of June 2020 and no actionable line of sight to meaningfully extend that runway without jeopardizing the value of their assets and a limited ability to otherwise achieve the consensus needed to deleverage. The debtor filed its Chapter 11 cases to obtain access to, quote, mission-critical financing, according to a press release, and to provide a, quote, breathing spell, in which to further negotiate the terms of a comprehensive restructuring. The company entered into bankruptcy with an RSA with, quote, certain of its unsecured note holders, according to the release, which it said would significantly deleverage the company's balance sheet through a debt-for-equity swap, pursuant either to a standalone restructuring or combination transaction. The debtor's unsecured note holders would obtain the majority of the reorganized company's new equity while still providing a meaningful recovery to junior stakeholders, the release said. The debtors obtained a committed $125 million debtor-in-possession financing facility contemplating $50 million in new money and a roll-up of $75 million of revolving loans under the company's existing revolving credit agreement. The debtors hope to go effective by October 22nd. Skillsoft Corp., a Nashua, New Hampshire-based learning and talent management enterprise software company with $2.1 billion in funded debt, filed Chapter 11 petitions on Monday in Delaware to effectuate a restructuring through a prepackaged plan of reorganization that would reduce the debtor's balance sheet liabilities to $585 million and lower annual cash interest by approximately $100 million. 
The company attributes the bankruptcy filing to a, quote, combination of factors, including failure to adapt to market shifts. The company was authorized at the first day hearing to enter into a, quote, unusual exclusivity agreement to continue discussions with a potential third-party purchaser of substantially all of the company's assets. According to the debtors, the transaction could lead to more value for the estates than the current plan, and the debtors, with the support of their creditors, would pivot then to the sale. The bankruptcy filing was made pursuant to a restructuring support agreement with holders of approximately 81% in value of the company's first lien debt and 84% value of the second lien debt, along with a cooperation side agreement with sponsor Charterhouse Capital Partners, LLP, which indirectly acquired the company in 2014, and each of the four Luxembourg parent entities of debtor Pointwell Limited. The RSA parties support the debtor's attempts to secure the alternative transaction. The RSA plan, which the debtors began soliciting pre-petition with a June 26th voting deadline, provides that each holder of a first lien debt claim would receive a pro-rata share of $410 million of second out-term loans and 96% of new co-equity, subject to dilution. The debtors propose to pay general unsecured claims in full. They have scheduled a combined hearing on the plan and disclosure statement on July 23rd. On the island of Puerto Rico, after reserving decision on the matter at a June 3rd omnibus hearing, Judge Laura Taylor Swain on Tuesday issued an opinion granting the Promisa Oversight Board's motion seeking an order directing Boninger AMBAC to withdraw its federal court complaint against Autopistas Metropolitanas de Puerto Rico, or Metropistas. Judge Swain determined that AMBAC's complaint violates the automatic stay with respect to all of its claims for, of relief, and accordingly, the court declared the complaint void ab initio. Judge Swain directed AMBAC to withdraw its complaint by June 23rd and provide evidence of the withdrawal on the Title III cases' dockets. AMBAC filed a lawsuit against Metropistas in the Puerto Rico District Court seeking to rescind a toll road concession agreement between Metropistas and the Puerto Rico Highway and Transportation Authority, alleging that the concession was, quote, fraudulent as to HDA's creditors and seeking to recover damages on an unjust enrichment theory, as well as a declaration that AMBAC has a lien on toll revenues transferred to and collected by Metropistas under the terms of the concession agreement. Also on Tuesday, Promisa Oversight Board Executive Director Natalie Jarasco said during a roundtable event that a Title III filing for the University of Puerto Rico could be a potential tool to execute a pension reform at the institution and said that a Title III filing would not necessarily have a negative impact on federal funding and the university's accreditation. While the certified UPR fiscal plan released Tuesday calls for debt restructuring, Jurasco said that it could be a, quote, debt reprofiling or, quote, debt restructuring. In response, UPR President Jorge Haddock on Wednesday described a potential Title III filing as highly dangerous and unnecessary, saying that the 11 campus system, quote, has paid its debt to date and doesn't represent a risk to the university. Judge Dennis Montali on Wednesday issued a memorandum decision concluding that the PG&E debtor's plan, quote, complies in all respects with applicable provisions of the bankruptcy code. Debtors on June 14th filed an amended version of the plan along with a revised proposed confirmation order. The decision also notes the court's intent to enter into a final confirmation order on June 19th after the debtors' counsel has had an opportunity to revise the confirmation order consistent with the decision and, quote, any developments occurring before then. According to Wednesday's decision, the PG&E bankruptcy cases are, quote, among the most complex in U.S. bankruptcy history and involve, quote, 
difficult legal, financial, practical, and personal issues. Judge Montali notes that plan confirmation is, quote, one more important step towards facilitating the process of paying victims and creditors. Separately, on Thursday evening, U.S. District Judge James Donato dismissed the ratepayer challenge to the constitutionality of AB 1054 for lack of jurisdiction. He noted that the constitutional claims may be pursued in state court. And PG&E this past week marketed $2 billion of secured notes with 8- and 10-year tenors, as well as a $2.75 billion five-year term loan to carry out its plan of reorganization. The new notes do not restrict the company from issuing additional unsecured debt and are secured by the common stock of Pacific Gas and Electric. Other top stories were sales under Hertz equity program promptly suspended pending continued dialogue with SEC. Talon Energy subsidiary Northeast Gas Generation files Chapter 11 in Delaware. Limited applicability of pro-rata sharing provisions, supremacy of intercredit requirements provides Serta Simmons with sufficient flexibility to consummate contemplated super-priority debt exchange. And now, as always, here's Jim from Houston with the week ahead. Well, thank you, folks, and greeting from Houston. As a reminder, please be sure to look at our weekly forward released early every Monday, which has a full calendar and commentary from our crack legal team on the most important matters before you. And here's a few highlights. Monday, June 22nd, tender offer expiration for Tupperware, hearings in EP Energy and Dean Foods, and a confirmation hearing in Quorum Health. Tuesday, June 23rd, DS hearing for Pier 1, a sale hearing in Borden, and the confirmation hearing for Foresight. Wednesday, June 24th, a very busy day with hearings scheduled in Windstream, JCPenney, PGE, and Whiting. Thursday, June 24th, DS hearing in J. Crew, and a second day hearing in Hertz. And Friday, another one on the books, we have a DS hearing scheduled for Whiting. That is all from me, and back to New York you go. Thanks, Jim. And thank you all for listening again to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all of our podcasts on our website, as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. As always, we hope your families are healthy and safe, and we will see you in seven days.